Girl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. Hi. Hi. I feel like I'm a little horse this morning. Oh no. Like a pony? Yeah, I have like <laughs> five and a half hours of sleep. I I commend you. We're recording this early. Um, I even gave you an out at like 6.20 in the morning. You didn't take it. Because I was already grumpy and I moving. Know. I brushed my teeth. I was like, no, we're doing this. <laughs> I was like in the dark texting you. I was like, she, because you t- you got home late, I knew. And yeah. so I was like, uh-oh, she going to be sleeping. But I'm here, and I'm excited to talk about theme songs. You know what I heard in the car? Singing of songs, not theme what? songs. Cotton Eye Joe. Um, did do I accidentally hate listen to it by choice yesterday? I yeah, literally that's was like, weird. do I not hate this right now? Like, why has no one sampled this more? Yeah, I was listening to a Jack Jams playlist yesterday. I forgot about the annoying girl part, though. She's like, me, me. I got something to tell you. <laughs> yeah. But I was just like, oh. It's a jam. It, total jam. I just wanted I to jump like around my air car. fiddle. I'm like, who am I? I don't know. Air fiddling. Hmm, good to know. I'm actually really good at air fiddling. I do it when we karaoke yellow card, if some oh. of you are familiar with the song Ocean <laughs> Avenue. Great song. I've hurt my neck doing it. Oh, no. I'm so good at it. You had an air fiddling injury. Mm-hmm. What are you fangirling over? I am fangirling over. Mm, I had some trouble, but then I realized, no, Nellie, you're stupid. You saw the new Halloween, and it was such a time, a wild ride, a delight. Um, if you like slasher movies, which yes, you do, it was a delight for me. So the billboards are like, it's a great movie, not just a Halloween movie or whatever. Like, was it a good movie? I mean, I don't know what you consider to be a good movie, so I, I mean, feel like that's very opinion based. <laughs> True. Thanks, billboards, for misleading us. Because, I mean, I thought it was a good movie. Was it better than other Halloween I movies? I have not seen all the Halloween movies. Okay. But it does not matter because this took away the dumb idea that they're brother and sister. Yeah. And canceled it. So it's a direct sequel to the first one. Gotcha. Interesting. And, which I love and also feel bad because Jamie Lee Curtis is Lori and she's screwed up for life yeah in this one which makes the most sense totally you never really think about that in horror movies They're yeah like we survived now but we have to do it again we're fucked mm-hmm. but she's like a survivalist and like borderline crazy interesting yeah i really liked it was it long um it didn't feel that long maybe like an hour and 40 um can we also talk about your sabrina adventures Oh, I'll, yeah. I also want to fangirl how Netflix has so much money. So much money. And they made a pop-up for The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and they made me look like a teen witch, and it was the best moment of my you life. You had a real flower crown, and it was gorgeous, and you got to do, like, a slow-motion video. You still have nails from it. It was like a beauty expo combined with Sabrina. I feel like there were, like, YouTube tutorials. What was going on? I mean, it was sponsored by Teen Vogue because well, there we go. teens like me mm-hmm. love Teen Vogue. <laughs> like me uh-huh but it was super cool are you gonna um, watch the show yeah duh i know i am too i'm so excited everyone's saying it's better than riverdale season one which <gasps> was a joy ride for me uh can we get a riverdale update how are you feeling about it after the weirdness i don't know it's just like garbage trash but i also love it but it's so. gorgeous and wonderful mm-hmm. um i started watching making a murderer season two correct me if i'm wrong you did not watch season one correct still have not uh it's a time and you, the whole first episode is basically like remembering what a time the whole season one was. And you're, I was just like, oh, right. Um, 
I had watched a bunch of other things, so I didn't like fully binge it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna consume a couple more episodes this weekend. I don't. I mean, is that what you're fangirling over? I think I'm fangirling over it because I can't stop thinking about it. And what always is so hard for me is that neither one of the people involved, the people accused of the crime and who are in jail, are very smart. And so, <laughs> no, and not even like a oh you're just dumb. Like they're like borderline, you know, like their IQs are, okay. are dangerously low. And so it, you just forget that that is a huge factor in this, but then they sort of overcome a lot of that because Stephen Avery has done like a ton of legal research and work himself, mm-hmm. but now they hired this woman who she has gotten 17 exonerations of people in jail, the most of any lawyer in like American okay. history. And she is probably she's one of those women where it's like she could be 55 or 80 and I would believe you <laughs> either way. I can't tell, but she's like always wearing a leather jacket and like leather pants and like boots. Like she's kind of this combination of like high class like biker chick that so I'm, I love her. Yes, like that's what I was just going to say. You will love her aesthetic and I'm totally into it. And now she's going to try and get him out of this situation pro bono, which I'm all I about. mean, I'm in. Yeah, I just I told you. Let's go. You didn't watch the whole first season, but you could watch season no. two. Oh, speaking of Netflix, uh, a show we mentioned on our binges last Ooh. year is now on Netflix. So now everyone has to watch it because there's no excuse. Which one? I'm sorry. Oh, it's yeah. now on Netflix. Now on Netflix. Watch it, people. <laughs> true TV gets overlooked. <laughs> You're such a I'm true, always defending True yeah, TV. You're such a True TV pusher. True TV and Ryan Murphy, you're like weirdly defending all the time. I know. And it's you like, just, who am I? You didn't. You didn't know this would be your life. Before we get into it, I feel like we're gonna need to make a blanket statement. So we just set expectations up front for these '90s theme songs. Yeah, like it was hard for us, guys. This okay? was an emotional decision. We, as a requirement, put in that the song needed to have lyrics. And those lyrics couldn't just be the name of the show. So right off the bat, <laughs> we are not including Rugrats. We are not including Doug. Which, let me say right oh, now. Oh, you just got feisty with your hands. Let me say right now, if Doug were on this list, it would be one or two. Totally. I love Doug. 100%. And I love Doug more than Rugrats, which I think is controversial. You said you did the same, too. But then also, like, Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life. Hey like, Arnold. Oh, my God. Hey, Arnold. I mean, Rocco's Modern Life technically has words and Angry Beavers, but it's repeating the title it's, of the show. That's what I mean. Like, it's just like, let me just say the words of the title over and over and over again. Um, it was a really hard decision. You, like, gave me your top nine. You put rationale behind this, and I just responded with, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. So... Just know that up front, guys, it was a painful choice. But we talked about this with The Simpsons last week. Probably knew it was coming. Yeah, we thought about it. We're here. Let's go. All right. Number nine, Magic School Bus. Surfing on the sound wave, swinging September 10th, 1994, 
1994? I know. I thought it was later. They rebooted it recently. Yeah. But did you watch it? The old one? Of yeah. course. I love it. And the red-headed kid who's the Christopher Castile of animation? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, it's Miss Frizz is voiced by Lily Tomlin, in case people don't know. Yeah. She won a daytime Emmy for it. Just right there. I remember always as a kid, because it's like Malcolm Jamal Warner, who was a Cosby kid. Mm-hmm. He uh, does one of the voices, and I always like distinctly remember that as part of the end card. So this theme song, did not know. Uh, the song is actually called Ride on the Magic School Bus. Oh, didn't it's know how performed to by Little Richard. What? I know. It feels out of character for Little Richard. Or not like, deeper or something. Or like not big enough or something. Like yeah. It, you would expect there to be more flair. But when you go back and listen to it knowing that it's Little Richard, you're like, oh, yeah. How much did PBS have? I, that's why I wonder if he did it pro bono. Like he was like, here's my contribution. I don't know. Wow. I mean, it is a good theme song. Gets yeah. you pumped to ride on the Magic School Bus. Yeah. The Magic School Bus is one of my favorite shows. Maybe, like, period. What? You love it. I, I loved it. I mean, it's it. fun and educational, but... Yeah, which are two of my favorite of things. all time. Two of my favorite things. Fun and educational. I loved it. As a kid, I was like, ooh. I'm surprised how much I'm judging you right now. <laughs> okay, do you want to do number eight? Sure. Number eight, Cat Dog. One fine day with a wolf and a purr, a baby was born and it caused a little stir. No blue buzzard, no three-eyed frog, just a feline canine, little cat dog. Cat dog, cat dog, alone in the world was a little cat dog. It's like a weird techno country, kind of, kind of Joe. when you think of cat dog, you think of, one, the cat and dog being, like, morphed together. Yeah, you think of how did they poop. And two, the theme song. (laughs) Yes. That's pretty much the takeaway of the show mm-hmm. right yeah so this was composed by dennis hannigan performed by peter hannon mm. now this is where it gets amazing okay so hannon was also the show creator executive producer and showrunner. wow he just wanted that money all for himself and he was like i love my project so much <laughs> I am going to sing the theme song. He's either like that or he's a monster and has wanted total control. Yeah. Well, over I did look him up on Wikipedia mm. and he considers himself like something, something singer-songwriter. Mm. Sounds like so, a monster. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he knew he had a voice and he knew he could do it, but it's perfect. Yeah. It almost sounds like the True Blood theme song, the guy who sings the True Blood theme Hilarious. song. Hilarious. Maybe it's him. But it's not. Oh, that would have um, been amazing. You looked it up. I just know the True Blood song. That's, uh, gotcha. I've karaoke it. It's a karaoke theme we're having today. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It always got me more excited to watch the show than the show itself. Yeah, is the theme better than the actual show? I liked Cat Dog. It was not up there in the sort of like pantheon of uh, real monsters, angry beavers yeah. situation. I mean, it came to a me. little later. It did come a little later. So maybe I was a little older and I was like, "Ooh, I'm over this." Yeah. The cat dog was a show uh, I would watch at my great grandma's, and she hated it. Oh yeah, I could see why because parents she didn't it. understand it. Yeah, so I got her a gift once in a cat dog bag, so just to try and push her over funny, the, you know, push her over the edge. Child humor. <laughs> I think a murder she wrote book was inside, so oh. it was a pretty good gift. Yeah, it was a Angela Lansbury. <laughs> I mean, amazing. Number seven, Pinky and the Brain. The pinky and the brain, yes, pinky and the brain. 
One is a genius, the other's insane. The laboratory mice, the genes and the spice, the dinky. I wonder if people think this should be higher. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. But for me, one, it's a spinoff. It is a spinoff. Two, catchy, but it's not, for me, it's not as iconic as some of the others we're going to talk about. That's what I think so, too. So um, Pinky and the Brain officially started airing September 9th, 1985, but obviously, like, they were on the Animaniacs starting in 1993. Also, 1993 Animaniacs, what? Amazing. Um, the theme was written by Richard Stone. Stone composed songs, Richard Stone's kind of a Jew, for Tiny Toon Adventures, Tasmania, The Plucky Duck Show, Animaniacs, uh, Hysteria, The Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries, Freakazoid, and Road Rovers. Oh, also, I would like to say Freakazoid was on my list. I know. Did not make Did it. Did not make it. Um, but essentially, this guy is credited as sort of, re- like, reviving animation in the 90s for Warner Brothers. Not just only the shows themselves, but, like, mm-hmm. he sort of made them what they were and kind of put the brand around all of those shows. Is he still alive? Uh, I think so. Yes. And then the lyrics were written by a gentleman named Tom Ruger. I liked Pinky and the Brain. I didn't love Pinky and the Brain particularly as much as Animaniacs. I liked Pinky and the Brain in small doses, yes. which is why it worked better on Animaniacs. Update, Richard Stone died. <laughs> Did he die in 2001? Yes. Yes, okay. I couldn't remember. There were a couple of people where I was like, uh, yes. Update, Richard Stone <laughs> passed away. This just in. Um, this just in 17 years later. The thing I didn't like about Pinky and the Brain was actually Pinky. <laughs> like, he bothered me. It was me. just the too much for you? It was too much. Like, I needed, like, 20% less Pinky, I think. I, like, I thought the brain was super funny. Yeah. But Pinky, I was like, all right, I get that you're insane, but calm down. Yeah, like you're supposed to be the dumb one. <laughs> yeah. But do you have to do it every second? Yeah, but need... I did love it, so I don't know. <laughs> we need just a little bit less dumb of you. What? Num- number six. We had to number some six, chats about. We're fighting. We're fighting. We're fighting about. So number six is Captain Planet. This is technically an outro. I was revisiting. The intro is just storyline for Captain Planet, and then they play the awesome theme song at the end. I, that's so weird. What a wasted opportunity. Because some people might not make it to the end because Captain Planet wasn't the best cartoon. That, see, that's kind of my thing. This Here's my thing. I've <laughs> never watched more than two episodes of Captain Planet in my entire life. But you love this theme song. But I had a seat because I've always been this person, I had a CD called Toon Tunes that was cartoon theme songs, uh-huh. and this was on it, and it's a jam. <laughs> you were so defensive of Captain Planet. I forgot about the, and heart. I was like, heart's not up. What? No, that's okay. Yeah, sure. heart's the loser. Yeah, heart's, No one wants the heart. You, you want to be, be fire. Yeah, you obviously want to be or something. Yeah, air. So uh, this was composed by Tom Worrell. 
Um, it's considered one of the most memorable parts of the show because of the catchy main chorus in the hot rock track, which is makes hot so rock. much sense I didn't think about it. They're basically trying to sound like New Kids on the Block. It yeah. sounds I, exactly, exactly like a New Kids on the Block Which song. I loved ca- New Kids on the Block, which is maybe why I was like, stop aping New Kids on the Block. Yeah. The lyrics were written by a show producer, Nick Boxer, and it's performed by Murray McFadden and Timothy Mulholland, hmm. which I couldn't find information on either one of those people. Oh, I no. think they're made up or they <laughs> use fake names because they are embarrassed. I don't know. But He's our hero Take going to take pollution down to zero? zero? That's, we take credit for that, Not guys. only do you get the song, you also get the pledge, the chant at the end. Yeah. It's like, we're the planeteers. Mm-hmm. You can be one, too. It's such a jam. <laughs> You as it's a Captain Planet pusher. Me. Wow. Like, if someone made a playlist, it made a lot of sense to have, like, Jim, then Captain Planet. Oh, you'd put them like, back I'm to back? I'm having a dance party. That's what I want to hear. Oh, you're putting them back to back. All right. Yeah. You're rolling right into one. Yeah, it's like the, the highest point of the night. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Everyone's rolling with glow sticks. We're dancing a Jim and Captain Planet back to back. This is a very particular kind of rave. Definitely a rave that I've never been to. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Never. <laughs> never in my life. Never been to a rave. No, I was like, glow sticks? What? No, when I was in, I don't know, eighth, ninth grade, I saw Freddy vs. Jason, Uh which was like one of my first horror movies in theaters. Yes. Kelly Rowland. Did not love it. Okay. Um, But there's a scene where Jason's in a cornfield and kills a raver that's out of it. That's That's what I know about raves, and that's why I will not go to a rave. Yeah, because you're going to die in a cornfield? Exactly. They're always in weird places you shouldn't be. Yeah. (laughs) Smart. Smart. Number five, Arthur. Every day when you're walking down the street, everybody that you meet has an original point of view. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. You can learn to work and play and get along with each other. Hey, really took a turn from the rave. From the rave? We're feeling mellow. Yeah, we're feeling like we're having a good day. Hey. Uh, so this is October 7, 1996. Feels hmm. later to me than I thought yeah. it would. I would have thought Arthur was more like early 90s, and then we were just watching a bunch of syndication. Now, this was written by Judy Henderson and Jerry DeVeers Jr. Mm, wonder Jr. what Jerry DeVeers Sr. did. Um, so this, the song is actually called Believe in Yourself, and it's performed by Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers. Not surprising when you actually, like, yeah. think about it. I didn't know that. I, I had did. A t- oh, you did know mm-hmm. that. Um, but I was unaware, and so I was like, mm-hmm, makes sense, makes sense. However, the theme was covered by the Backstreet Boys for the special Arthur, It's Only Rock and Roll. No. It's not great. I don't like it. Also, it's offensive. It's problematic. <laughs> Nick Carter is trying to do a Jamaican accent. Yeah. Just uh, make it your own Backstreet Boys version. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. But yeah, there's a video of you, of them singing it, too. Nothing to do with the music, but Arthur always had a great, uh, like, celebrity cameo yes. situation going. Uh-huh. They throw in, like, Yo-Yo Ma or Matt Damon as himself, but yet he's an aardvark or a rabbit. Yeah. I love it. So, again, what's with PBS? I think it's just people, like, want to feel good about themselves and, like, contribute to PBS. So they're like, you know what? We're PBS. Could you do this yeah. one thing for free? Yeah, sure. Also, sure, PBS. Arthur always had a good sense of humor yeah. for a PBS show. DW is an iconic character. Totally. Such a brat, but I love yes. her. She's, She's like, 
Definitely has memes on Tumblr. She's stirring the pot all the time. <laughs> I mean, the Arthur Fist is an iconic meme. Yeah. But this song gets you excited. It gets you excited to watch the show, but it also just, like, puts you in a good mood. Like, hey. Like, I, I don't know. I could just sing that part. Like it's going to play at a resort. Yes. Like, I am <laughs> poolside. Someone's bringing me a drink with an umbrella in it. And I'm going to have a nice, casual day. Like, that's Arthur. This countdown has turned into where we want to hear <laughs> the theme songs played Completely. in the wild. But I, we've talked about this. I loved Arthur. And it, I was obviously too old to be watching it. But I must have been watching it a lot when I was babysitting. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those shows where you're like, oh, I don't hate myself watching this kid's show. This is enjoyable. I'll watch this. This is fun. Also, I think nowadays, especially everyone's attention spans are shorter. Yes. We want a short theme song. This one's pretty lengthy. It's, mm-hmm, it's they pretty use long. most of it. And it doesn't bother me at no, all. Me either. Like, yeah, I want to get to the bridge. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, there's just like, it's just casual and fun. I really like it. I feel like it's in the right place on this list. Dead in the middle. That's, yeah. that's where it, it needs to be. A solid five. A solid. Arthur is a solid five. Number four, a little bit of a left turn from Arthur. Yeah. Super 90s. Super 90s. Daria. Excuse me. Excuse me. Obviously, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. We did what three, four part series mm-hmm. on Daria because we love we it. could go on. Yeah. So a little refresher. So they wanted an unknown for this theme song because money, obviously, and magically a CD showed up on a desk. And who does it happen to be? It happens to be an unknown band that nobody cares about. With two <laughs> sisters, Janet and Trisha Weigel, and other members. Delisa Santos, Cindy Brawlsma, and Jennifer Richardson. They only had one album. What was the band called? Splendora. Splendora. That, just a casual name. I like that Cindy and Jennifer are on the cello and violin, respectively. Yeah. Not a common rock instrument, <laughs> a cello or a violin. Yeah, so they, as MTV was like, hey, we want this. We're doing this show, but can you try to use these specific phrases for the theme song? Mm-hmm. And you're standing on my neck was one of them, which is weird. Weird. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It's not used in the show. Where did it come from? No. But Surprisingly, they, this it, they a... ran with it. They made a hot track. Yeah. I was going to say it could have gone way more murdery like, yeah. than it is. Like, it's more annoying. Or the, the song is more like the tone of it is I am annoyed as opposed to like I'm going to kill you. Which could have been when you say I'm standing on your neck. Yeah, I guess so. The song actually never saw official release. So sad. I, which doesn't make any sense because Daria featured a lot of artists and shows like 90210 or The OC. They normally put out compilation CDs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that surprises me that Daria never had that opportunity. It feels like a missed Especially missed with one. MTV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, um, this is kind of your thing. Maybe so you should Splendora do this. never put out another album, but they did create two more songs for both Daria TV movies. What a weird, like, just wrote off. fame? Yeah, wrote off into the sunset, never to be heard of or heard from again. You just created this, like, iconic song. And it's a song. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, here's this one-minute hot jam, and then that's it. Nothing. Hmm. What a time. I, I love mean, it. There's still time. It is perfectly matched 
with the show. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, that it was created for it the show. It sets the tone. But, yeah, it sets the tone. You're, like, in your, you know, you're angsty. You're just, like, like kind of angry, but just, like. You're cool. You're cool, but you're just, like, that's it. That's that's the song. You're cool. You're over it. Yeah. The song is this. <laughs> it's just a literal, like, gasp of annoyance. Perfect. Perfect jam. Number three. Whoa, top three already. We are turning again. We're taking another sharp turn. SpongeBob. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. Absorbent and, and yellow and porous is he. SpongeBob SquarePants. Give nautical nonsense be something you wish. SpongeBob SquarePants. Then drop on the deck and flop like a fish. Now I feel like people are gonna be like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a 2000 show. Hot no, tip. it's not. It's not. July 17th, 1999. SpongeBob has been on for almost 20 years, guys. Still technically on, I think. Yeah. I think they're and like into their 15th season or something. I remember this just taking the world by storm, and everyone loves to chant this theme song today. Yeah, because it's great. So I have some, some factoids on it. Um, so it took four people to compose this. Derek Dryman, Mark Harrison, Steven Hillenberg, and Blaze Smith Love composed the name it. Blaze. It's performed by Patrick Penny. He's a voice actor. He's done just like a bunch of random things, and he does the pirate. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna read this like big chunk. The okay. melody was inspired by the sea shanty "Blow the Man Down." An old oil painting of a pirate is used in the opening sequence. It has mm-hmm. been dubbed. Painty the Pirate. <laughs> Love that. And according to Tom Kenny, Hillenberg found it at a thrift shop years ago. Patrick Penny gives voice to Painty the Pirate, singing the theme song as the character. Hillenberg's lips Whoa. were imposed onto the painting and move along with the lyrics. And um, the other guy, Kenny, joked that this is about as close of a glimpse as you'll get um, because he's like super secretive and just like super shy and he's one of the creators of the show and was like i don't need to like be in this in any way um and then a cover of the song by avril Lavigne can be found on the spongebob squarepants movie soundtrack and it's also been covered by the violent thems but have you listened to this avril version what's it like i'm scared you know actually this make this checks out if it happened around the time Avril Lavigne released Girlfriend that mm. has yelling in it, mm. I think it's going to be along those lines. Okay. I heard Skater Boy the other day and I didn't hate it. I mean, again, <laughs> loved karaoke every Avril Lavigne hit. <laughs> but this song is just like fun. And this show completely embodies the spirit of the show. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you're like, oh, okay. You're I don't know. excited. It's, it's like, yeah, it's exciting. It's kind of silly and like funny and dumb and weird and perfect. That's SpongeBob. The earlier years of SpongeBob had good original songs yeah. too, like fun. Um, it was just a different time. I yeah. feel like SpongeBob, I mean, it's still an iconic show, but it's not what it once was. No, it's definitely not what it once was. And it's all, you can make an argument, I think, that for shows like this, you don't actually need that many episodes mm-hmm. because you could rewatch an episode a hundred times and be just as happy as the first time you watched it. Oh, yeah. It. When I was reading about Captain Planet, it was supposedly one of the longest running 90s cartoons and it only had 113 episodes or yeah. something like that. I think SpongeBob's at like 290 or like something crazy like that. And it's just like, I don't know, a hundred feels more than enough. Yeah. Like think of all the, I mean, you know, when you think about, like, Gem or even the shows that only have, like, the Jetsons. The Jetsons had one season, and we could watch it for the rest of our lives. Well, even Gem was 
20, 30 minute one episode. SpongeBob's giving you 15 minute episodes, like two per episode. Yeah. Two stories. Right. That's a lot. That's a lot. A lot. But I mean, good for them. But, I, you know, maybe maybe we call it a day at three hundo or something. Because <laughs> you could just like literally watch it every day for the rest of your life and be totally fine. Yeah, that's true. And mix them up. Like maybe if you put a season one with a season 12, maybe you don't know. Hmm. Maybe you know. You would know. We would know. We would know. Our hearts would know. All right. Are these too obvious, the top two? Uh, I hope so. Does everyone know where we're going? Let me do two because I wanted two to be one. And that's, I think, maybe controversial. Number two, Tiny Toons. We're tiny. We're toony. We're all a little loony. And in this cartoony, we're invading your TV. So I love this, and I love number one love too, too. But this to me, I, there's actually probably some. I think like a little bit of similarity. I mean, they're kind of the same when you really think about it. That's what was my thing. I was like, ooh. Are they the same song? So Tiny Toons. Um, So during the development of the show, Steven Spielberg, because let's remember, he was... He's responsible. He's responsible. um, Said that Warner Brothers could use a full orchestra, which some thought too expensive and impossible, but they ended up agreeing. It was a great choice. I mean, it's Steven Spielberg. Yeah. You got to give in. You do do what he says. Um, The theme song to Tiny Toon Adventures was written by composer Bruce Broughton. Tom Ruger, our friend. Tom. Tom, Coming back. The new Jeff. The new Jeff. And Wayne Katz uh, helped with lyrics. Broughton has composed the scores for many notable films, including uh, The Rescuers Down Under, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, and its sequel, Lost in San Francisco. Don't think I've seen the yeah, sequel. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I was like, there's a sequel to Homeward Bound? Oh, okay, great. Um, and it's known for its first line, we're tiny, we're toony, we're all a little loony. Um, the lyrics have occasionally been changed for certain episodes, such as Two-Tone Town, How I Spent My Vacation, and It's a Wonderful Tiny Toons Christmas Special. How I Spent My Vacation is one of my favorite cartoons ever. Like episodes or like? I, it's at least my most memorable because it had like a very creepy element to it. Like when Hampton is uh, his family vacation. Uh-huh. And I just remember it being kind of scary at oh. times. Oh, but no. it's also like very enjoyable. I, I, I loved Tiny Toons. And I think it's because I loved Looney Tunes. Like I grew up watching reruns of Looney Tunes also. So I felt yeah. this sort of like affinity for these baby characters. Again with the oh, babies. Again with the babies. I mean, it's like 1990s when the show happened. So right. that was still a trend. Completely. Um, one thing that you have here that I thought was fascinating, 26 other composers were contracted to create original dramatic underscore for each different episode. Like how much That's money so much money is getting used to make this cartoon but i think what that says to me is that there's such a reverence for the original Looney Tunes. Yeah, and, and that's what made Looney Tunes so great. Completely. is like all of the score of that. And so it's like, well, we can't cheap out on this. Yeah. By the way, really quick pause. What? I watched – you made me watch that Muppet Babies update oh, song. No. And it ruined my childhood. Oh, 
Also, on the, while we're on the subject, I went to the post office the other day, oh. and a mother was talking to her son, and she was like, let's go. Do you want to watch Muppet Babies? <gasps> and I've never heard anyone in my life reference Muppet Babies on the street, and I know they're talking about the new one, yeah, but which still, is tragic. how topical how, for me. <laughs> but also, did you just like feel a warm, fuzzy feeling for this family that you saw on the street? Because you were like, yes, yeah. I love you. I was like, can I also come or no? <laughs> is that, is weird? that weird? Is that weird? Number one. You go. Number one should be obvious by now. Mm -hmm. If you don't know, you probably have never seen it, which is worrisome to us. Tragic. Number one, Animaniacs. It's time for Animaniacs. And we're saying it to the max. So just sit back and relax. You'll laugh with the laughs. We're Animaniacs. Come join the Warner Brothers. And the Warner Sister Dot. It's like Tiny Toons, but a little better. It's a little more exciting to me. That's why I think it's number one. Uh, well, it feels a little more modern because I think with Looney, with Tiny Toons, they're trying to make it seem like Looney Tunes, so it like feels a little yeah. older, maybe. But I mean. Also very similar, so for Animaniacs, Richard Stone composed the music for the title sequence. Richard Stone. And Tom Ruger wrote the lyrics. Besties. And, but in the series' first season, the theme song won an Emmy for Best Original Song. Wow. This is why it's number one. That's amazing. Wait, they don't do songs for Emmys anymore, or at least not in the main broadcast. They should. Yeah, they really should. Well... But this is back to our thing. Maybe there aren't enough songs to do it. Yeah. Maybe people aren't I mean, composing songs. But you get, um, like, title sequences get Emmys. So why wouldn't the theme songs? I think they do. Ooh, it maybe just they must do. not be televised. Yeah, maybe it's in the Shmemmies. We'll have to look that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Animaniacs used um, a heavy musical score, just like Tiny Toons. Mm-hmm. Um, every episode featuring at least one original score. The idea for it, um, every episode having a different score... Steven Spielberg strikes again. Um, they used a 35-piece orchestra for the show. Unbelievable. The use of the orchestra in modern Warner Brothers animation began began with Tiny Toons, but for this show, Spielberg pushed it even further, <laughs> which, again, is why it probably won an Emmy and why it should be number one. What do you think Steven Spielberg's deal was? Like, do you think he had kids around this age and wanted to do a project for them? But also, he still had, like, he's tight with John Williams, so he wants, like, a really good score happening with his show. Yeah. And I wonder if he had, like, an overall deal with Warner Brothers and was like, ugh, I don't... I don't want to make a movie right now. Like, let's just do these these fun things. Or maybe he really loved Looney Tunes and, like, wanted to recapture that or something. I'm sure we can absolutely Google an answer to this. 100%. But did we? No. Um, I like hypothesizing yeah, about what too. Steven Spielberg is thinking. I like starting rumors. <laughs> the animation rumors with Steven Spielberg? Steven Spielberg loves animation. It, Pass it on. It makes me like him more, though, because they're just like, great, you – Brought me these things that were beloved treasures yeah. of my childhood. And Animaniacs had, where Tiny Toons did great lip-syncing music video episodes, mm-hmm. Animaniacs had great original song segments, like teaching us about yeah. countries and states and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah, when they do all the countries and they're bouncing all around. Yes. Oh, my gosh, that song is intense. Um, was Animaniacs an after-school show for you? 
or a weekend show? I feel like it might have been a weekend show. See, I think mine was an after-school show. Maybe some syndication was after school. Maybe, yeah. I feel like I would watch it at like 3.30. And it was like, great, this is lovely. But maybe it was also on the weekend. You know, it's kind of one of those things where you're just like unsupervised television time kind mm-hmm. of blurs together. Yes. And you're like, oh. Those three hours. Yeah. When when was that? What was I doing? I was probably supposed to be doing my homework. I will I will concede to Animaniacs being number one iconically. But in my heart, it's Tiny Toons. All right. It's fine with you. I mean, I'll let you have it. I can't open up your heart and put Animaniacs in, you know? Mm, you could try. Of try. the instrumentals, I said, we both said that Doug, Doug yeah. is our number one. I mean, it's acapella. Technically, in that that intro, the like drawing with the pencil line, and then when he floats away with it, when he yeah. sees Patty, love that. Rugrats also great. Rugrats great. I really like Ren and Stimpy, and I like the theme song to Ren and Stimpy more than I like the show. Ren and Stimpy kind of creeped me out as mm-hmm. a kid. Um, the like mania of it made me nervous. Um, our good friend Don sent us his top nine, which I appreciate. I feel like he's gonna be very disappointed in this episode because you hear his. Top nine. One, Rugrats. Two, Animaniacs. Three, Pinky and the Brain. Four, Tiny Toons. Five, Darkwing Duck, which falls under your ducktails. And you're just like not even. Tailspin. So yeah, you negated my tailspin, which. And you took out my pepper ant. Yes. Here's the thing, guys. We had to negotiate. I loved tailspin. And tailspin is blue. Like it's the jungle book, basically. Makes no sense. Reimagined. Okay. Number five, Darkwing Duck. Six, Doug. Six, Doug. Whoa. Don, what? Seven, Magic School Bus. Eight, SpongeBob. Nine, Rocco's Modern Life. Okay. I like Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life's theme song is great. It just doesn't have many lyrics. No, they just say the the name of the show. And I thought Angry Beavers was going to be on this list until I re-listened and Mm -hmm. also realized... Nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens. It's visually great. So colorful. We didn't put any adult animated shows, but Family Guy... Okay, thank you for bringing this up because uh, I think Eric was going to like have a like meltdown if I don't talk about South Park, um, which a lot of people really love. And I then don't. I was like, well, and that's why I said I was like, I don't have an affinity for it. I know people do. But then when you think about it in the context of these shows, Family Guy, which that's a hot jam, and then South Park just like don't fit in the same way. Yeah. But they are great theme songs. And However, Dari is a little more adult. True. But, but not quite. It not, was like... Not in the same vein Family Guy and South no. Parker. And, you know, we've mentioned it before, but Seth MacFarlane, hot jam of a theme song, not in the 90s, but in the 2000s, The Cleveland Show, very yes. underrated and appreciated theme song. You know, song. I almost questioned, do we do 2000s next week instead of wrapping up? Because a lot of shows premiered in 2000. I was Maybe thinking, as told by Ginger, from Macy Gray sang the theme song. Come what? on. <laughs> Maybe we do. Maybe we, Maybe we, we look continue. into it. But yeah, it, it just, like, including Family Guy and including South Park in this list felt odd. But I appreciate mm-hmm. that they have theme songs in general. Yeah. And I like Family Guys better than South Park. I can hear. A hundred percent. I can hear Eric yelling at me like through the microphone You're wrong, right Eric. now. <laughs> you know what he's screaming right now? First Melissa Joan Hart. Like he's, yeah. and he's still never got over it. Never the thing with South Park it. to me, I know, the, I know it. I yeah. know the theme song. But it's, 
I don't know, Family Guy's singing. South Park doesn't feel like singing to me. Yeah. That's uh, fair. I don't know. I just so, don't really like the voices of South Park, so I think that's where it... <sighs> South Park really, though, matches the th- vibe of the show. Yes. In a way where maybe Family Guy doesn't. It's just like a great theme. Yeah, Family Guy is trying to be like an all-in-the-family. All-in-the-family, yeah. And it goes a little like, I don't know. Showgirl? Like, yeah, old movie. Mm-hmm. Hollywood. It's, it's a great theme. I mean, again, full orchestra. Yeah. Seth MacFarlane appreciates a full orchestra, too. He and uh, Richard Stone and Tom Ruger would have been. Nerds. And Steven Spielberg. All good friends. Orchestra <laughs> Definitely <nerds>. not good <laughs> friends. Okay. So what do you guys think? We're so sorry about our instrumental requirements. But we had to we do it. We did it to ourselves. We did it to ourselves, but we had to do it. Because otherwise it would just be like all instrumentals, which is fine, too. And I want to hum the Doug theme song for the rest of my life. Yeah. But there's something captivating about a show with lyrics as well. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're angry or not or happy, send us an email, hellofangirls at gmail.com. Find us on the socials. Let us know if you want us to make these T-shirts that say syndication was my education. Because yeah. I think I've already got a buyer, not just me. Oh, really? I have a separate buyer. I've mentioned it. I to didn't know you were going after buyers in private. I have, no, I mentioned. I mean, internally at the office, a couple of people said they were like, "Yeah, I would wear that shirt. Great." So if we Great. can get to like ten people who'd want that shirt, we'll make it. Yeah, we'll make it. Um, also, should we continue into the two thousands? Are there enough theme songs? Let us know. Let us know. So until next week, bye. bye.